Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. In this episode, we're talking about the Lovelock Cave Giants. That's correct, the Lovelock Cave Giants. Of course, these was the remains of the giants that were reportedly discovered back in 1911. This involves a lot of uh, Native American stories. They said these uh, giants were actually had been cannibals that attacked their people. They uh, defended themselves. These these gi- these giants perished in this terrible fire in this cave, and then years later, these uh, white explorers who were looking for bat guano came along and found these. Uh, skeletons there. Of course, the skeletons have conveniently vanished in the past 110 years, but not just the skeletons. It seems like a lot of information surrounding this stuff has vanished. I found today when I was just looking online, researching the topic a bit, how little you could actually find uh, with a Google search trying to track this stuff down. Uh, Within a page or two, you were told no more results. I feel like it's just quite frankly covered up. I think that they've been covering up the topic of giants uh, since the first giants were discovered, and they continue to do it today. That's just my opinion. Now, this first article uh, comes to us from ancientorigins.net. I'm also going to post over on Buy Me a Coffee. I'll try to put up a link to a, about a six-and-a-half-minute uh, History Channel little video they did of it. I like it. The, the content's decent, but it's got some great... Uh, videography you can see the actual cave this is today this area is very arid dry out area and the cave itself is kind of like perched atop this hill and i guess you'd almost call it like a plateau surrounded by other low-lying mountains and so it's a real desolate looking area today but you could you could see where this cave would be a place of refuge where uh, uh, ancient peoples uh, may have uh took shelter at, and apparently that's exactly what these uh, cannibalistic giants did back then. Now, the title says, Lovelock Cave, A Tale of Giants or a Giant Tale of Fiction. The Pi- I think it's pronounced Paiutes, P-A-I-U-T-E-S. The Paiutes, a Native American tribe indigenous to parts of Nevada, have an oral tradition that they told to early white settlers of the area about a race of red-haired white giants or barbarians that their ancestors referred to as the Siticha or Sitika. The story was written down in 1882 by Sarah Winnemucca Hopkins, daughter of a Paiute Indian chief, in her book, Life Among the Paiutes, Their Wrongs and Claims. By their wrongs, I think she means the wrongs that were done to them. I can imagine these Native Americans, I mean, they had this long oral tradition of being... Uh, victimized, attacked, eaten by these giant red-haired, white-skinned giants. And then, you know, in the 1800s, here comes along more uh, white-skinned intruders. It must have been, it must have just been terrifying and ironic at the same time for him. It says, these giants were described as being vicious, unfriendly, and cannibalistic. In this story, the Piutes speak out, speak of a great battle that took place, which led to their extermination at the site known today as Lovelock Cave. During the early part of the 20th century, archaeologists found thousands of artifacts inside this cave, leading to a lengthy excavation of the site and speculation that the Paiute legend was real. Now, they call it excavations, you know, and you see a way a lot of those excavations, so-called, were handled back then weren't particularly scientific in their nature, I don't think. It's got some good pictures here in this article of the lady that wrote the book. It says, Sarah Winnemucca 
Paiute writer and lecturer on the left, and her father, Chief Poete Winnemucco, on the Poete natives in Nevada. And then it says, Saitika uh, or Saduku, Sadiku, spelled S-A-I-D-U-K-A, Sadiku, literally translates as tool eaters, that's T-U-L-E. In the northern Paiute language, the tool is a fibrous water plant, which according to legend was woven by giants into rafts in order to escape attacks by the Paiute. They used the rafts to navigate across what remained then of Lake Lahontan, an ancient lake that once covered most of northern Nevada during the last ice age. It's fascinating that these that this lake existed you know, in, in, in living memory. So the people, and you can see this big flat area. It does look like a dried lake bed. It says, as a Paiute tale goes, after years of warfare, all the tribes in the area joined together to rid themselves of the Saitika. One day, as the tribes chased down the last remaining red-haired giants, they took refuge in the cave. The Paiutes demanded their enemy come out of the cave and fight. But the giants refused. The coalition of tribes proceeded to shoot arrows at them while starting a large fire at the mouth of the cave. The smoke drove out a few who died in a hail of arrows, while the rest were all either burned alive or asphyxiated. Over time, the entrance of the cave would collapse, leaving it accessible only to bats and cut off from human contact. Now, this is a story that the, that the Native Americans told the white settlers, they described perfectly what they found. They said they got, you know, they were tired of these of these giants attacking them, eating them, terrorizing them. So they all got together. They banded together. They chased, they, they killed as many as they could. They chased the ones that were left into this, into this cave. And while they were trapped in there, they, they, they held them down by shooting arrows at them inside the cave. And they threw in all kinds of firewood and, and flammable material and they lit the place up, and they burned him to death right in that cave. It says, Lovelock Cave in Nevada. Lovelock Cave, known also as Bat Cave or Horseshoe Cave, Sunset Guano Cave, and Indian Cave, is located 20 miles south of modern-day Lovelock, Nevada. It's a very old cave that predates humans on the continent and in prehistoric, and in prehistoric times was underneath Lake Lahontan. So this is a very old geological feature. In 1886, a mining engineer from Lovelock named John T. Reed was told of the legend by local Indians who took him to the site to prove it existed. Reed was unsuccessful in getting an archaeological dig started immediately, but two miners, James Hart and David Pugh, realized the value of guano as an ingredient in gunpowder and created a company to start digging it out in 1911. Of course, guano has been mined all over the world. I believe it contains the nitrogen and what they use is, one that is what they use in the uh, gunpowder ingredient or, or today for fertilizer. So you, here you have in 1886, this, white, this uh, white settler, this mining engineer, is told by the Indians about the story about the giants and how their ancestors had rounded these giants up and killed them in this cage, in this cave rather. That's 1886. Well, what, 25 years later, and a couple more uh, white settlers come in. They find the cave, and guess what? They find the cave exactly as the Indians told them that it would be. 
It says they stripped a layer of guano from the cave approximately three to six feet deep using a pick and shovel with regard to the artifacts and shipped some 250 tons of it to the Hawaiian Fertilizer Company in San Francisco. This stuff must have been pretty valuable if you could afford to ship it from Nevada to San Francisco. It says... Alfred Krober, founder of the University of California of Anthropology Department, was contracted by Hart and Pugh when they reported finding prehistoric artifacts. Now, we know they found artifacts in this cave, and a lot of them, as was pointed out in this History Channel video, are extremely large artifacts, way larger than uh, what a normal person would need. Uh, they found the stones, weights that they would use, that they would tie onto their nets when they would go fishing. Uh, they found uh, remains of shoes, I think, in the History Channel documentary, they said that the one shoe would have been a size 29. Now, that would have been for somebody who was like, you know, over eight foot tall. You get it. If a six foot guy is wearing a size 12, size 13, imagine how big a guy is that's wearing a size 29. It says, this spurred on the archaeological dig of Lovelock in 1912, led by L.L. Loud, also of the University of California. A second dig took place in 1924, and after finishing the excavations, Log collaborated on a report that was published in 1929. So they're taking their time here. I mean, this is 17 years after the fact. What Loud found was nothing short of amazing. Approximately 10,000 archaeological specimens were uncovered, including tools, bones, baskets, and weapons. 10,000. So there had been activity there for a long time. According to the report, 60 average height mummies were unearthed. Mummies. Now, does that strike you as odd? I mean, how common is it for uh, Native Americans to mummify their dead? I don't know. Duck decoys, among the other oldest known in the world, with feathers still attached, and a sandal over 15 inches, it says long, was excavated. A donut-shaped stone with 365 notches carved along the outside and 52 corresponding notches inside was found, which some scientists believe is a calendar. I would tell you that they're somewhat advanced, that they're keeping track of the dates with a calendar. Interestingly, radiocarbon dating done on follow-up visits found vegetable material dating back to 2030 B.C., 2030 B.C. That takes you way past. I mean, that takes you back to the time of the ancient Egyptians. I mean, that's 2,000 years before Christ. Alexander the Great, 330 years before Christ. I mean, I think uh, King David, what, 12, 1,300 years before Christ? I mean, you, you, back before the Hittites and the Persians. This is way, way back. This is a human femur dating back to 1450 B.C., long time ago. Human muscle tissue dating back to 1420 BC and basketry dating back to 1218 BC. You think about that 2000 BC date, what do we say the, the pyramids were built around uh, four or five thousand years ago? So this is back to the time to, to possibly even before the pyramids were constructed. Ancient, ancient history. Archaeologists concluded from this that human occupation of Lovelock Cave by this culture started in 1500 B.C. Well, how could it start in 1500 B.C. if you find vegetable material, if you find material from 2000 B.C.? Archaeologists concluded from this that human occupation of Lovelock Cave by this culture dated 
started in 1500 BC. Today's anthropologists call the people who live in the area the Lovelock culture with a period lasting some 3,000 years. Many archaeologists believe that the Lovelock culture was replaced by northern Paiutes. It goes on, it says, there is some debate to the veracity of the claims that made regarding the Lovelock giants. During the initial excavation, there were reports of mummified remains being found of two red-haired giants. One was a female, six and a half feet. That's awfully tall for a lady at that time period. And the other, a male of over eight feet. However, no such evidence remains. Well, we know they packed this stuff up and they sent it to the Smithsonian. These skeletons had great value, so lots of times they were whisked away. In Sarah Winnemucca's Hopkins book, Life Among the Paiutes, Their Wrongs and Claims, she does not mention giants, but does refer to so-called barbarians. Skeptics claim that chemical staining by earth after burial was a likely reason why mummified remains have red hair instead of black, like most Indians in the area. A study done at the University of Nevada indicates the giants were about six feet tall and not up to one eight feet, as had been claimed. You know, you, you always have to have the debunking come into these situations, and you always have to have the parallel narrative develop right away. You see that in this story right here. The, before the whites even go into the cave, the Native Americans tell them what happened. They said there were these giants, they were cannibalizing our people. They were terrorizing us. We got together and we defeated them. We, and we made the last stand with them right here in this cave. This is where we killed them at. No, no white had been in that cave. But what happens when a white goes in? Well, they find a bunch of bodies. They find the charred uh, evidence on the wall where things had been burned up in that cave. It happened just like the Indians told them it did. There were reports of a couple of giants being found. But... Immediately after the reports come out, you start having the debunkers slip in. Well, there's no evidence. We've measured some of them. So, why did it take the guy 12 years to write the archaeological report on this thing? What were they covering up? This is just a small cave. Okay, you found 10,000 objects, but it took you 12 years to come up and tell us what happened? Why couldn't we get some reports along the way? I just smell a cover-up in this thing from the very beginning. It goes on and says... To others, the uncovering of 15-inch sandals at Lovelock Cave is proof enough that the Piute tale is real. In an article published in the Nevada Review Minor in 1931, in February and June of that year, it was reported that two very large skeletons were found in the Humboldt Dry Lake bed near Lovelock, Nevada. So, you know, these the, the, the Piute have been killing these giants all over the place. Probably were other skeletons laying around that, that might have survived. One of Lovelock's skeletons was reported to have measured eight and a half feet tall and was later described as having been wrapped in a gum-covered fabric similar to Egyptian mummies. The other was supposedly ten foot tall. Wow. Linking to the giants of Lovelock Cave with the Euros Indians of South America says, Some other evidence for the Lovelock giants includes a set of images showing a handprint more than double the size of a normal man's handprint on a stone on a stone boulder in the cave which was released by Bigfoot investigators MK Davis and Don Monroe in 2013 it says along the Peruvian along the Peru Bolivia border skulls have been found near Lake Titicaca which claims made which with claims being made they were from giants with reddish hair and elongated skulls well, yeah, we have we have all kinds of findings there, and it's not just claims. I mean, you can see the skulls. They recovered a lot of them, and the hair 
definitely red. The legends tell us that the Euros Indians, making reed boats and living on islands on Lake Titicaca, similar to the Paiute, the Incas apparently drove them to live this way, much like Paiute's ancestors apparently did to the giants at the Lake Lahan. Well, I mean, if they were cannibals, like the red-haired giants that the Paiutes um, exterminated, you can see why they might have been driven away from the areas that the indigenous Indians lived in. And clearly, you have two different types of, of uh, human races here, if you want to say that. You have the normal uh, Native Americans that are residing in this area, whether it's in North America or South America. And then you have these large, giant skeletons with these long, elongated skulls living, living separately. It says, today, many of the original artifacts found at Lovelock, but no giants can be viewed at a small natural history museum located in Winnemucca, Nevada. Objects such as the, as the duck decoys are housed at the, at the Smithsonian Museum in Washington, D.C., and the basketry and bones belong to the Nevada State Museum. So just like with, when we find UFO parts, everything gets scattered to the winds to the point where you can't send anybody a four-year request, and they're lost, and you never hear from them again. It says the site is significant in an archaeological context because it is an example of a legend being confirmed by archaeological evidence. In this case, legends which the Paiute elders had been telling their tribal children for years. Well, sure, they told the first prospector or engineer in 1886. This is what happened. And in 1911, 25 years later, when two other whites go in and begin mining the back guano out two and a half feet down, oh yeah, they find all these artifacts. They find these bodies. They find the burnt evidence on the walls of the cave, exactly as the Native American elders had told people 25 years prior. In fact, the Phoebe A. Hearst Museum of Anthropology at the University of California published a paper on Lovelock Cave in 2005, had this to say. It said, the site has been extensively pot-hunted and many materials remain in private collections. Despite years of destruction, is one of the most important sites in the history of North American archaeology. Lovelock Cave was officially designated a historical site in 1984. Well, it seems like it wasn't just pots they were hunting for. It seems like giant skeletons were also a part of this. Now, I want to take one look at it, one more article before we close this up. It's just a fascinating case to me, this Lovelock Giants case. Now, I, I want to finish up with this last article from the archaeologist.org. Just a short article talking about these Lovelock Giants. It says, The Ancient Giants of Nevada and the Mystery of Lovelock Cave. This is dated February 12, 2023. It says, Was North America once inhabited by a race of giants? According to an old legend supported by several challenging archaeological finds, it is possible many Native American tribes tell stories about the long-forgotten existence of a race of humans that were much taller and stronger than ordinary men. These giants are described as both brave and barbaric, and legends often mention their cruelty toward whomever they pleased. The Paiute tribe that settled in the Nevada region thousands of years ago have an outstanding legend about a race of red-haired giants called the Sitika. In the northern Paiute language, Sitika literally means tool eaters. Now, we've talked about this. They, they were eating this grass that grew along the lake. Apparently, they were eating the grass. Maybe that made a nice appetizer to the humans that they captured and ate because apparently these things were cannibals. Legend has it that the giants came from a distant island by crossing the ocean on rafts built using the fibrous tool plant. 
As odd as it may sound, this legend repeats itself all over the Americas, suggesting it might be an incomplete chronicle of a real event that happened long ago. In Chronicas del Peru, 16th century Spanish conquistador Pedro Siza de Leon recorded an ancient Peruvian tale about the origin of the South American giants. According to the legend, they came by sea in rafts of reeds after the manner of large boats. Some of the men were so tall that from the knee down they were as big as the length of an ordinary fair-sized man. They put these things at 10, 12, 13 feet. Could the giants of Peru and the Sitaka have been survivors of a massive cataclysm who took refuge on the American continent? Legend tells that the Sitaka waged war on the Paiute and all other neighboring tribes, spreading terror and devastation. Finally, after years of conflict, the tribes united against the common enemy and began to decimate them. The last remaining red-haired giants were chased off and sought shelter inside a cave. The tribe started to fire at the cave entrance, suffocating and burning alive the Sitika. Those driven out by the smoke were also killed. And it's got some pretty good pictures here in the site. Like I said, I'll I'll try to put these links up on Buy Me A Coffee. You can find the link to that from the Anchor website. It says, in 1886, a mining engineer named John T. Reed happened to hear the legend from a group of pirates while prosecuting while prospecting near Lovelock, Nevada. Like we said, 1886 are talking about this. The Indians told him that the legend was real and the cave was located nearby. When he saw the cave for himself, Reed knew he was on to something. Reed was unable to begin digging himself, but news spread as soon Lovelock Cave was attracting attention. Unfortunately, the attention was profit-driven as guano deposits were discovered inside. Like we said, they're mining this bat manure for gunpowder and I think later on for fertilizer. A company started, my, started by miners David Pugh, or Pugh and James Hart began excavating the precious resources in 1911 and had soon shipped more than 250 tons to a fertilizer company in San Francisco. Then it says any artifacts that may have been discovered were probably lost. Well, we know that there was, I don't know about loss. We know that there was this big dig that happened went on for several years because it took 12 years to write the paper. It'd be interesting to know. We know some of the, some of the artifacts survived, but it would certainly be nice to know what happened to all the giant skeletons. After the surface of Larry Guano had been mined, strange objects started to surface. This led to an official evacuation being performed in 1912 by the University of California, and another one took place in 1924. Must have been something pretty interesting there. They went back twice. Reports told about thousands of artifacts being recovered, some of them being truly unusual. Well, we've seen the ones that are normal, the, you know, like the weights that you would tie onto a, a uh, net to, to, to you know, if they, if they go fishing in the local lake, uh, shoes, clothing, large clothing, by the way, as you can imagine. But uh, you know, one has to wonder what happened to the really interesting artifacts that that we aren't able to see. It says, measuring between 8 to 10 feet in height, these mummies have since referred to as the Loveland Giants. Yeah, those are the ones that nobody seems to know where they're at. A piece of evidence that remains on site until this day is a giant handprint. Now, you can see this in this picture. I, it, it's, a, it's an indentation on the rock shaped like a hand. I mean, really, I don't know. A piece of evidence that remains on site until this day is a giant handprint embedded on a boulder inside Lovelock Cave. And it says, we won't go into further debate pertaining to this aspect and its implications. It is strange. It does look like a hand. It looks just like a hand, and it's enormous. I mean, 
I'm, I think uh, the guy's got a boy knife up against it. This thing must be two feet across, two and a half feet. I don't know. If this, if this was made from a hand, that hand belonged to a really, really big individual, way over eight feet. I don't know. It's 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 weird. But we don't. There's a lot of things we don't know. We don't know what happened to all the artifacts that came out of this cave, and we don't know what happened to all the skeletons. Everything just seems to be hushed up. Uh, it says around the same time as the second Lovelock cave excavation, and another dig revealed a set of equally disturbing finds. According to a 1931 article published in the Nevada Review Minor, two giant skeletons had been found buried in a dry lake bed close to Lovelock, Nevada. Now that would make sense. The oversized remains measured eight and a half, respectively ten and and respectively ten feet in height, and were mummified in a manner similar to one employed by ancient Egyptians. That's that's odd to me that this sort of burial, um, you know, burial tradition would make its way from Egypt to here. Another common trait between these mummified giants' remains and the ones discovered as far south as Lake Titicaca is the presence of red hair. While some scientists believe the reddish color is a result, like I said, they think it's chemical, uh, I'm, I'm not going for that. I've seen the pictures. It looks red to me. I don't think it had anything to do with when after they were buried because you're seeing the same red hair in the giants that were excavated in the U.S. and the ones that were excavated, bodies, I guess, excavated in the U.S. and the bodies excavated in South America. The, the, the folks with these strange misshapen heads Proponents of alternative history believe these violent giants were none other than the biblical Nephilim, the forsworn offspring of the sons of God with the daughters of men. If this is true, there's little chance we might get to see any of these giant mummies. Those interested in keeping history secret will never disclose their location. That's a fact. That's a fact. What I do see here, like I said, I see a parallel negative. A parallel negative running off, debunking, uh, just scatter the evidence, hide the evidence, keep people from seeing it. The same thing that we see over and over and over again anytime there's serious investigation done into the paranormal or done into the UFOs. They handle the giant subject the same way they handle the rest of the subjects. It's deception. Plenty of it. Anyway, extremely interesting articles, both of these. And this was, like I said, Lovelock, uh, Lovelock Cave there in Nevada. I'll post the links. You can look at these pictures. Today, it's a super desolate area. It must have been a lot nicer back then. Uh, also, I think it's cool to remember that we do have the Native American stories that talked about this before the whites were ever involved. So if they're going to discount these giants, they're not just discounting the, the settlers that found them. Until next time, this is UFO Warning. Over and out. Thank you.